win or lose, are we feeling the love this morning? Well, now that we've had time to sleep on it, let's talk about it. It's time for Monday Morning Quarterback, Tuesday edition on WTMJ Now. Uh, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. with love yeah i said it all season long this guy's an mvp candidate i didn't say that <laughs> mr brandon snide said that though i'll die on that hill okay by the way we have so much to talk about <laughs> i'm going to tell you right now this week we are going to celebrate celebrate packers playoff mm-hmm. football why because no one expected it no there was really no one that was calling for this team to be a playoff mm-hmm. team. and there, there's so much to celebrate the, the fact that we beat the bears for what the 10th straight time brandon snide something like that 10 straight 10 straight Last win, come back in 2018 when Joe Philbin was the interim yeah. coach. So, long so time. I have enjoyed this run. You know, at one point I said I said eight wins at the beginning of the season, then I kind of dialed it back when it went to three and six. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, they can get to eight or nine, and they got to nine, which is great. So I didn't predict it like a lot of people didn't predict it. But watching that game in person at Lambeau Field yesterday, I said to myself, so we have all this hoopla about Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, let's listen to a little bit, just a little clip I think this is post game of, of Justin Field answering I don't know some question about his performance of the Bears season. I mean, sounds about right. That's hard to take. I mean, he just had a very embarrassing. I said it on purpose. Loss. Thank you, Justin Fields. Um, it, it is just so enjoyable. And I, I spent the ride home, which is a long ride, three fifteen, which is like an hour more than usual. So you got home about what nine? Yeah, nine something. Yeah, that's uh, not terrible though. And the game was quick. It was fast, a fast game. Fast we game. were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, first half, like a half, uh, not a half hour, but an hour, less than an hour yeah. long. And I'm listening to all the Bears sports talk radio, listening to some of our stuff, ESPN 94.5, and Gabe and Homer and Tausch. And I'm just, I say, this is what it feels like to be a Packers fan when mm-hmm. things are starting to. Makes sense. Starting to look good. So we're gonna we're gonna do this for about an hour today, and all this week we are gonna bring you special Packers content because I want to. Because we need to. We should enjoy this. We're going up against our old coach, Mike McCarthy, the, mm-hmm. the coach of the Cowboys. What is it, 3.30 Sunday? 3.30 Sunday at He's, Jerry World. Jerry World. I've been there. Um, nice stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. Yeah. Yeah. It, the funny thing about that stadium is you end up watching the screens more than you watch the field. <laughs> yeah, it's, ha- what, 80% of the field? Yeah, it's like these massive. huge. So that part is interesting. But And um, other than that, it's, it's an okay stadium, and they spent a lot of money on it. But this is the week we should celebrate, and we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to talk to some bar owners in Dallas. We're going to hope to have a former some former players who played under Coach McCarthy on the show. So we're going to do a little sportsy stuff. And you know what? We could sit here today and talk about politics. I'll get to some of that at some point. That's secondary because we're, we're talking players, playoff football, Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love having a season to remember in his first year as a starter, your takeaways, big-time sports guy Brandon Snyder. Uh, if you weren't sold on Jordan Love, Steve, I believe it's uh, time to buy stock. Yes. Well past time. I mean, he he did everything you wanted him to do. 27 of 32, and two of those incompletions out of the five total were drop touchdowns. I mean, he should have finished 29 of 32 with four touchdowns and 300-plus yards. I don't know. I just it, It's a guy that's in complete command of the line of scrimmage. When it's a third and eight and the game is on the line, you need eight yards to go to the playoffs. He's got pressure in his face. A guy draped over him. He stiff arms him. Running to his right makes a throw to his left to Tucker Craft for 15 yards. On the money. And the game's over. Yeah. I mean, he has answered every 
question, anything that anybody has ever asked of him to do, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Are you able to do this? Is it possible you can do this? He has done it. He has done it. He's made comebacks, fourth quarter drives. He has put up big numbers. He has leaned on the running game when he needed to lean on the running game. He's throwing to guys who started the year on the practice squad, and he's throwing up MVP-type numbers, second in the NFL in touchdowns, seventh in the NFL in yards, 11th in QBR throughout the NFL. Again, with the youngest roster in the NFL, Mm -hmm. not experienced guys. Christian Watson hasn't played almost all year. Aaron Jones has missed seven weeks. David Bakhtiari went out week one. That's your starting left tackle. And he has stepped up and continued to play. And that, Jordan Love is the biggest reason the Packers are headed to Dallas. And he made his receivers better. He made, And that's the best thing about it, Steve. He trusts his receivers. The quarterback before him wouldn't have allowed this. The quarterback before him, who I'm a big fan of, I've, mm-hmm. I've written love letters to him on the air. He would have called out his receivers. He yes. would have, he would have <laughs> knocked them down yeah. instead of building his team up. And he had a shifting cast of characters mm-hmm. throughout most of the season. Half the season, he didn't have Aaron Jones, who now we see rips off 300-yard games in a row. His legs look healthy, man. He, he looks, looks spry. like a youngster. He does. Get him locked up for a right. few more years. All right, so we're going to do a lot of things here. We're going to play some audio. we certainly got some highlights. 855-616-1620. I want to get your immediate thoughts on this playoff team, the Green Bay Packers, you had a, we're going to play a little a clip of a Chicago guy, I think it was on Channel 5 in Chicago, NBC, talking about what they expect of a quarterback. I think it's a must-listen to for Chicago Bears fans, including you, Bob, and Waukesha, who I expect a phone call from today, because you were crowing a lot last week about the rise of the Bears, rise of Justin Fields. I don't know today if Justin Fields is the quarterback for the Bears next year when they start their season. I don't know that answer. I don't think Bears fans know that answer. And hell, as screwed up as the Bears organization is, and I said it, yes, screwed up, I don't think they know the answer to that question. All right, you are part of this conversation. 855-616-1620. Packers, playoff, football on WTMJ. I, I don't care if y'all mad at me or not. I want a quarterback like that. That's what I want. We don't have that. I want a quarterback like Green Bay has. I want a quarterback that can make these throws, pinpoint the damn football. That's what I want. I don't. Why Why do we always have to not have that? And if we don't get it, let's keep looking for it. But when we get that, then I think we'll be at a point where we can compete year in and year out on a playoff team. It's It's been said oh, a number of years, Green Bay's down years is 500. Our down years, we got the first pick. You know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Let's go get a damn quarterback. Let's go get one that can help us win like they have. The still suck. Oh, yeah. Still you know it's coming, right? <laughs> Every year I hear, from, I hear from Bears fans. I know you do because you're always at war with them on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I pulled out receipts last night. Almost a year old. You know, One there, of them was a there's year old. Bears fans and there's Vikings fans. Vikings fans, they've never known success, so they're mm-hmm. just losers to begin with. Bears, they've had success. Mm. Now, what yeah. the problem with the Bears is this is from a Packers, you know, season ticket holder fan perspective. They, they, they have this standard of this defense from the 80s, 1985 Bears, all that stuff, and they keep trying to emulate that team. That was a unique time in football. That time is not now. <laughs> you need a quarterback that's going to lead the team. Justin Fields is an amazing athlete. I'll give you that. He's got some incredible talents. He's had three years. He's done nothing. In fact, I think he's gotten worse. Yeah, he said moments. <laughs> like he's regressed a little bit. You know, now they're talking about, well, don't you dare say he could be something other than a starting quarterback. I don't know that. Maybe he's a great sub, mm-hmm. second quarterback. I don't know. We'll find out.
But you know what? Jordan Love demonstrated on the biggest stage. That was the A-team broadcasting for Fox. Mm-hmm. CBS yesterday. Fantastic broadcast, by the way. Yeah, and I went back and listened to the second half when I got home because I can get never get enough when they win, right? Jim Nance especially. Oh, my God. Packers win. Now, I will say this. I still think that that was a touchdown catch at the, in the end zone at the, in the uh, third and, quarter. And, and that's the thing, too, Steve. I'm glad you brought that up because they scored 17 points. Jordan Love had 316 yards, two touchdowns, and it felt like they should have won by, like, 30. 17 and 9, yeah. or uh, uh, yeah, 17 and 9 win. Close. Eight point victory. Dobbs drops that pass. He gets hurt. That's kind of lo- overlooked. He never returned that. Yeah. Game. I mean, he was so bleeding. again, he was bleeding. Again, again, Jordan Love losing one of his top targets and doesn't miss a beat. I, you know, this is what Bears fans get, though. This is what you get when you open your mouth consistently and spew out crap. Because that's what it is. It's crap. Remember the King Bears of the North fans comments? are full of crap. That's all there. They don't know what a winning football team looks like. And all year, when Aaron Rodgers left, all offseason, all we heard is, you're going to be this. You're going to be that. Jordan Love is this. Justin Fields is that. Again, you are crap. You don't know what you're talking about. Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers did it again. And credit to Matt LaFleur. He has really resurrected you know, his play calling since Aaron Rodgers has left. And credit to Brian Gutekunst. That's not a hard decision to make. And he made it seamlessly this offseason and transitioned right into the future when a lot of people, every national head was out there talking about it. All the local media was talking about. Bears fans were tweeting about it. Jordan loves this. Jordan loves that. The kid played one game. One game before before he became starter. And now he's second in the NFL in touchdown passes. 36 total touchdowns, but who's counting? Over 4,000 yards, accomplishing something, Steve, that no Bears quarterback ever has done. And they've been a team for 104 <laughs> years. In his first year. How silly is that? <laughs> so it's, again, it's this desire to be a, a defensive yeah. team. I get it. But what happened to their their great defense yesterday? Packers did not punt in that game. Did you hear what their what their defense was saying? Did you hear? Oh, yeah, I heard some Did of you that. hear about, oh, uh, yes. I believe it was. Brisker. Uh, yeah, Jaquan Brisker. Nobody's yeah. special over there. Oh, they have yeah. no star. Oh, yeah. All, they're a bunch of fake tough guys. Mm, fake tough guys. There's no star. You should have had an easy day at work. Yeah, instead. what happened? <laughs> instead, Jordan Love took you to school. And, yeah, we're crowing a little bit today. Oh, I'm uh, going to all week. From the Old National Bank talking text line, um, so much wrong with the officiating yesterday. I don't know how you can... Very weird game. There was no penalties to the fourth quarter. It was... Str- and that text is spot on. Not only were like were those like first off, uh, the touchdown you referred to as Bull Melton. Yes. yes, it was a touchdown. Their line spotting the side judge, yeah. they called it a first down, and it was three to four inches behind the sticks. I'm yeah. like, what? You, I don't know how that happened. And he didn't even get down like the referee. I don't know who the head ref was. Didn't even get down to like, okay, let me get a little bit closer. No, he just looked down. That's ah, first down. I, I felt like a big moment in the game because if the Bears turn that ball over. And the Packers go up by, you know, two, three scores, which would have happened. You know, that game is definitely out of hand. But if, you know, what if the Bears score and, you know, and that drive and, and things change? But it, it obviously didn't happen. But that texture spot on, it was the first flag in the game was a challenge flag yeah. for Matt LaFleur. Yeah, Weird yeah. game. Uh, from the from the nine two on the old National Bank talking text line, you know, you guys know what happens when the Bears win the Super Bowl? <laughs> the fan turns off the PlayStation and goes to bed. <laughs> and, I don't mind, like, the. I respect the franchise. You know, without the Bears, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know this, maybe some don't. Without the Bears, there is no Packers. You know, they, they helped, you know, fund the Green Bay Packers, but their fan base just consistently runs their yap every offseason into the season, 
And it's the same outcome. And you would think, like, if you're a fan, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you would just learn to be like, well, let's, let's get a win first before we start running our mouth about a quarterback that we have no idea who he is or who he isn't. I mean, how many years do you get? He's had three years. Justin Fields, yeah, right? Yeah, almost three full. Yeah. yeah, so, like, how much time do you well, get? Well, they're, they're at a big spot because not only does do they have to answer, you know, that question for the number one overall pick, but Justin Fields is going to be due his fifth year. Right. And they're going to have to pay him. Uh, so that decision is coming quick. I, I anticipate that they'll move off of Justin Fields. But if you heard our, our friends down south at ESPN 1000, Ryan Poles was on their pregame, and it did not sound like he was sold on trading Justin Fields. It yeah. sounded like a guy that was leaning towards keeping him. I don't know if that's just GM talk, but that to me, that's what it felt like. I think they're going to hedge. I think they're going to take a quarterback, keep Justin Fields, let him fight it out. They have a, a pick at, what, number 9 or 10? 9, I believe. Yeah, and they have other picks they've assembled. Correct. They have plenty of picks. The question for Bears fans and for the Bears organization is, what do you do with the picks? Because they're... They've been better at acquiring players mm-hmm. by trade or from free agency than drafting. I mean, look no further than Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky yep. and now Justin Fields. Uh, lots of texts coming. I'd love to talk to you on the phone as well, 855-616-1620. An expanded edition of Monday Morning Quarterback. Not not Tuesday, Monday Morning Quarterback. Producer Charlie, Monday Morning Quarterback. Just giving him some grief because he's always perfect and he screwed up today. But it's Monday and we're all being good. All right, so... Was that too harsh on Charlie? I don't think so. Charlie, I don't think Charlie knows what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. So, so you played the Tuesday edition of Monday Morning Quarterback on Monday. I mean, I wouldn't mind a Tuesday, but today I need this victory Monday. We gotta have. A I victory need to. Monday. I need to enjoy this victory. We need to dance. We need to kiss a stranger on the lips. I probably wouldn't do that, but you know, just celebrate in the way that you want to celebrate. Hug a. A teammate that maybe you've never hugged before. Is that too much? Is that going past the... Charlie, I'll give you a hug. Maybe a side hug. A side (laughs) hug? Probably more appropriate. That works. Don't come full at him. That scares people. All right. I want to hear from you. 855-616-1620. Monday morning quarterback. Big time sports guy Brandon Snide sitting in. What do you have to say about the victory Monday? Right here on WTMJ. It's everything. Um, You know, this is the opportunity that we work for all season long. And, uh... You know, obviously coming into it, this was a huge game for us. Um, you know, we've had a couple – our last couple games have really been playoff games. We've had to had to win those. So, uh, you know, just with our back against the wall, um, I'm just proud of this team. Um, how we fought, stuck together, and uh, put ourselves in position to, to make a playoff run. Oh, we're going to let this play for a little bit. This is more like Vince Petrano music, but we're going to let it go. Nothing's stopping us. Disco Vitrano. A text, yes. Vinny the Disco. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Texture made a great point. They go to Dallas. They upset the Cowboys. We could see Mike McCarthy fired again. Get fired I think he would get fired if he lost that game. Oh, yeah. 100%. They're a seven-point favorite We can fire his you-know-what again. (laughs) Now he's saying he's not going to. I feel bad about that, though. I actually like Mike McCarthy. I do, too. I've talked to him, and he's a nice guy. <laughs> Fire him twice? The oh, oh, man. Now, I, I mentioned the famous Bears fan in our in our listening audience, Bob from the show. He's a, a great friend of the show and actually mm-hmm. a super cool guy. He is a great guy. He says, Brandon, he's pointing right to you, Uh-oh. not me. Not he's me. calling me out. Okay. Don't broad brush the entire Bears fan base. You may or may not like it, but there are a lot of Bears fans in Wisconsin, Bob from Waukesha. Hmm. Well, there are a lot of Bears fans. I, I, I sat around some of them yesterday. I, I think Bob is one of the most loyal listeners. Yes. He's a retired law enforcement. We both ride Harleys. We have a lot to talk about together. He used to call the show and I would produce. I love Bob from Waukesha. I do, too. However, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care, Bob. I have family that are Bears fans. I have friends that are Bears fans. 
This is a the biggest, longest rivalry in football. I don't care who is in Wisconsin who is a Bears fan. If my team, the Green Bay Packers, beat the most hated team, in my opinion, the Chicago Bears, and do so with a first-year starting quarterback in Jordan Love that many of the fan bases that, you know, fan uh, fans that, of the Bears fans that live in Chicago uh, or in Green Bay or Wisconsin, wherever they live, talked about this offseason that he couldn't do this or couldn't do that, and he beats them to go to the playoffs and clinch a playoff spot when this team was once 2-5 and five looking dead in the water, I will continue to run my mouth because, well, I hate the Bears. <laughs> And hates, that will never change. And hates a strong one. I actually hate the Vikings more hate than might not even be enough for me. For you, yeah? You're not going to break your phone over it. Uh, if they would have lost yesterday, I would have. Really? When What's your phone ever done? When Bo, wrong to yeah, well, it's better than hitting anything else. Yes. When they when Bo Melton's catch was ruled incomplete. Oh, I, I, so I, what do you think about that call? Uh, I watched it a couple times last night after I got home. Here's the problem. I don't think the NFL knows what a catch is. So when you're on the field... Here's what drives me nuts. You can extend the ball for... A microsecond over yeah. the line, and that's a, that's a touchdown. And you can drop it. It can get knocked out yes. of your hands, and it's fine. But a catch is somehow in this weird... Two ro- feet on the ground. you got to roll around yeah. with the ball, and guys can dive on you, and if it comes out, it's not a catch. It makes no I, sense. I, I tweeted that out, Steve. That, that's funny you bring that up. I literally said that. I can cross the plane with the a centimeter of the tip of ball, and it can get knocked out of my hands or hit the pylon, and it's good to go. But if I have two feet into the end zone... In Romeo Dobbs's case, his butt touched the ground, his back hit the ground, the ball fell out. It's not I don't I don't get it, and that's the problem with the NFL is they're trying to get too like in detail on what a catch yeah. and it's what nuts. isn't a catch. It's nuts. Uh text reminds us on the old National Bank talking text line. Quick reminder about the Bears draft position. They have the one and nine picks. Okay, as a Bears fan, are you confident they're gonna make great if they get Marvin Harrison Jr., sure, that's a great pick, I think. And, and anybody else? Are you confident yeah. that they're going like, to pick superstars in that with those picks? I don't know that. And here's the thing that I think a lot of Bears fans have to realize, and I've, I've told this to, this is for Bob and Walker Shop, told this to a lot of my friends and family that are Bears fans that live here in Wisconsin. You can have the first pick every year. You can have the top ten pick every year. You have to win football games on the football field. It's a crazy thought. You don't win in the offseason. You can get better in the offseason. You can improve as a team. You don't win nothing in the offseason. The Bears have struggled to win games because they have been losers for the last decade. They haven't figured out how to win those games. That's why for the Packers to get to the playoffs this year was so important because now going forward, Steve, it's not, well, if they do this or they do that, maybe they're a playoff team. No, next year it is this was a playoff team, and now next year is going to be we are competing for a Super Bowl. The Bears are just trying to get – to the playoffs, and they have a top 10 pick every year. Exactly. Look, the nature of the NFL is there's parity, right? But even with parity, even with high draft picks, the Bears haven't improved. Mm -mm. They they had, what, three wins last year. They had seven wins this year, seven and ten, I think was their final record. Mm -hmm. But the team still sucked. Well, they had an easier schedule, too. Matter of fact, one of the texters asked us for the Bears still sucks, if we can play that at some point. Uh, we got some (laughs) calls coming in. Uh, Some great texts. I want to read these. We are on our way to Appleton for a doctor's appointment, really enjoying the Packers conversation. That's what we're here for. Yeah. We're here to massage your Packers egos today. It is a great day to be a Packers fan. I couldn't sleep last night. Really? Game ended at 6. I was up till 11, ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> watch it. Did you watch the Matt LaFleur postgame audio? I, I didn't. I didn't. You'll, you'll, you'll run through this glass. Did I, he, I heard you. he swore. A handful of times. Really? He was fired up. Did you see how mad he was at the end of the first I did. half? 
I was I, watching him. He was not happy. Did it feel like, and maybe you were there. Yes. I was not. Uh, I got asked to go. I didn't want to go because I liked watching it on TV. Uh, sounds spoiled, but um, did it feel like it was more important than normal? Did it feel like the stakes were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bears-Packers are always good games, like, for the most part. It felt like that because for the last three years, the Packers season has ended yeah. on the home field of yep. Lambeau. Good point. And yesterday, that was like sort of redemption. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot of things. It was closing the book on Aaron Rodgers. Sure. It was opening a book for Jordan Love, who is now recognized by, I'll say Tony Romo's probably one of the top guys in broadcasting mm-hmm. uh, NFL football games, right? I mean, he's top five. He's excellent. I do like him. And he was telling people, this guy is different, Jordan Love. He's a different player. He was telling people, which I've said for a long time, Aaron, Aaron Jones is a talent that people don't appreciate. When he's on the field, he's got an extra speed. Mm-hmm. He he was the second fastest guy in a football game this year behind uh, Tariq Hill. And he's nearing, I think he's over 30 now. He's right around 30. Yeah, he might 29, be 29. Yeah, 30. So he's still got some a couple mm-hmm. years left, and they can lock him up for a few more years at a, probably a pretty decent rate. This is a team that's exciting. All right, we got to take a break here. We got a ton of phone calls because I know you guys are fired up. <laughs> Even Bob from Walker Show is going to chime in. We'll get it. We'll bring him on in a little bit. Um, lots of great texts. We'll try to read some of those. Uh, it was great to see the O line defense. Aaron Jones and J Love step up to the moment yesterday. A true team victory, except for the abysmal special teams play. Got to mix the great with the not so great Steve from Northlake. And I think Jordan Love has just stepped up to the microphone in Chicago. I think he just stepped. Let's, let's just tap in. A, not Jordan Love. Um, Justin Fields has just stepped up to the microphone in Chicago. Um, let's see if we can just capture a little bit before the break. Producer Charlie, is he at the mic? I think he is. Yeah, there he is. He's still a young guy. Can't beat the Joe Barry defense. That's what you get. There you go. The thing that kept me believing is watching these guys work and watching the improvements made throughout the course of the season. And a lot of times you see things in practice. I think it all comes back down to that where we're doing some great things and then maybe something goes wrong in a game but you, you there were so many moments throughout the course of the year where they that left me optimistic that we could fight through this thing and it was just about a, a matter of time the bears still suck. there we go the bears still just for you chicago the fans and it is true i mean by law i have to say it if it's true and the bears still suck you got a lot of calls um one thing, one takeaway that that I love is that you know the, the drama of this next week's game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually going to miss half the game. I'm taking my wife to a play for her it was a Christmas present. Why? Well, just how it's scheduled out. I thought they'd play earlier if they. Uh, we would change that. No, nope. we're, not, we're not good because it's the final performance, and we we won't have a chance. So you don't want me to text you during the play? No, I, I won't <laughs> have my phone on. But that's, I mean, that's being a good husband. Oh, absolutely. Now you should get extra brownie points for that. I should. Hope she's listening. Mrs. Scafidi, take note. <laughs> Kathy's listening. Um, we got a lot of, let's go to the, some of the phone calls. Jim is calling, from, he starts us off, Jim from Bayview. Hey, Jim, welcome to Monday Morning Quarterback. Jim. It's really a great uh, Monday morning. It's nice to wake up in, in a good mood. Oh, huh? my goodness, yes. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, considering the Packers are such a very young team, most everything is really pointing up. Uh, but I want to know, uh, you know, hey, how, how are they going to score more than 17 points? You know, they, they're going to need some points coming up, please. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm not worried so much about that. They should have had more points. They obviously missed a field goal. 20 points left off the – They ran out the clock, and mm-hmm. I still don't know how that all played out. That's I'm going to put it on inexperience in that situation for the young quarterback, Jordan Love, maybe. 
Um, didn't make the right call. Should have thrown it over the receiver's head. Then we would have had LaFleur should have just kicked it. Yeah. There was only 10 seconds. I know what he was trying to do. Yes. Trying, you can get too cute for your own yeah. good. And then and the other thing is um, I, I think there's, I think, low expectations that we're going to go. Dallas is undefeated at home this year. I think they've won 15 straight dating yeah. back to last year. They averaged 38 points per game mm-hmm. at home on offense. Mm-hmm. If the Packers lose, I will not be upset. No. This, this is a bonus game we're getting. It's Absolutely. a chance for Packers fans to fly their flags, watch it on TV, cheer on the green and gold. I will not be upset. Now, the next caller is not a fan of the green and gold. We'll take him right now. Bob from Waukesha. Oh, welcome. Oh, here we go. Bob from Waukesha, welcome. Good morning, Brandon. And <laughs> hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. How you doing today? You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. Uh, I, I I wouldn't put a necessarily put a blood pressure cup on my <laughs> arm. And, and I, I just I'm not the brightest light in the room. I don't want to say that. I think you're a very smart guy. I, I served as the Eucharistic minister yesterday at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Waukesha, uh-huh. and and I think and I. I, I was the wine steward, and I, I think, and I wore some Bears stuff. Wait, hold on a second, Bob. You were serving as the wine steward and the the Eucharistic minister, is that what you said? That is correct, yes. And you were wearing a Bears jersey at a church in Wisconsin on the last Sunday. On Sunday. Wow. That's guts. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that a, mat, a matter for the confessional? Is that what kind of you might want to roll it by your your priest because that is that is bold. That, that's really endorsing the brand, I would say. He chuckles. He chuckles. Well, that's good. Uh, but but I, I just you know I, I think you guys do an incredible job. Thank you. I, I I've heard the word hate. Brandon said it, not me. And that. Is a pretty strong word. <laughs> I don't think it's strong enough, but oh, go on. Oh, oh Brandon. <laughs> I love you, Bob, but I, I, I don't like the Bears. I grew up to not like the Chicago Bears. Okay, I, I know, but... I know I, I, Bears fans have told me they hate the Packers. They prefer the Packers to lose than them to win. Yeah, there is a weird thing I, about that. I have a T-shirt uh, that has the, uh, oh, golly, a caricature of, uh, the Dos Equis gentleman, the, the <laughs> extraordinarily handsome right. Latin fellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the verbiage says, I don't often hate, but when I do hate, <laughs> I hate the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> That's a good T-shirt. And, and I I don't wear it because I I think hate is too strong a word. All right. Uh, I, I just wanted to share that. All right, Bob, before I let you go, I want I want you to answer this question for me because you're a solid Bears fan, truly, by evidence of what you did yesterday. <laughs> so are you in the Justin Fields camp, or should they launch him and pick somebody else? I don't think Justin Fields is the Bears' problem. I think they should hold on to Justin Fields. I like his style. I like the idea that he goes at this a couple of different ways. My primary concern with Justin Fields is that one of them 400-pounders is going to launch him into the cheap seats when he runs. <laughs> right, right. He takes a lot of hits. His, his, the poor guy's head slammed to turf. I, I thought it was a legal oh. hit, but, man, he he took a The broadcast said it was legal. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Bob, real quick before I let you go, Gary from Portage uh, wanted to know if people were avoiding your wine line at church because you had a bear stuff on. <laughs> That was what I, I was going to try and point that out. <laughs> I did. There were some awful looks 
uh, yeah. that weren't were not consistent with the overall atmosphere. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm okay. I'll I'll be fine. All right, you gonna cheer for the Packers now for the rest of the playoffs? You know what? I I, I will I will. I don't know, Bob. You know the the positive here is you know we're we're in 2024. We're we're that much closer to riding season. We're not too far away. I, yeah, yeah. Let's get through I the was snow. Going to go out on my motorcycle today uh, before the snow. But, <laughs> yeah. But Brandon, I, I know you know I'm a Vietnam vet, and I want you to know that my father, who uh, transitioned to being a Dolphins fan, uh, was a veteran of the Battle of the Bulge. Truly, true heroes. True, true heroes. He was, he was indeed. No, I'm not. He was. Bob, you never disappoint. Thanks for uh, chiming in, even after a loss. Thanks, Bob. Your Bears on Sunday. Thank you. All right, Bob from Waukesha. We'll take a break. i got a bunch of other calls, lots of texts. Um, now, Come, they're coming after me. I oh, see. yes. <laughs> on the text line, the old National Bank talking text line, you are the reason I will always hate Packer fans, Brandon. <laughs> Welcome. Wow. <laughs> That's how it should be. I, hey, I love the rivalry. That's yeah, why it's, 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 just, it's also just the rivalry. game. I don't hate them personally. Absolutely. I don't like your team. We'll have your thoughts and more after this on Monday Morning Quarterback on WTMJ. Third and three. Pass to Wicks. And he finds the goal line for the touchdown. Monday Morning Quarterback. Big time sports guy Brandon Snyder joining Full hour. We have it's playoffs. It's playoffs. We playoffs. To, we have to celebrate. Every day of this week, I'm going to do special Packers content because it's bonus football for us. It is. I, I can tell you that. It's amazing. I will cheer for some other teams if the Packers are knocked out. Won't be the Cowboys, I can tell you that. But I will kind of casually watch. There's only one thing that I love about NFL football, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Talk about the opposite of hate. I love the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I live the Green Bay Packers. I'm getting a lot of heat for that. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that That's the re- okay. they reason they hate Packers is because of you. I wouldn't follow me on Twitter then if it, because it translates over there as well. Even Bob got a little. Bob gets a pass because he's a vet. Bob gets a pass because he's a great human being. And a great listener to yes. WTMJ. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, was that the, this is from the uh, 815. Was that the game yesterday? Incredible level of excitement on the streets. I will agree with all that. In the bars, on the field, as a lifelong Packer fan, I will say something is up. So let me ask you this. You were at the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, already covered that. How was it walking out of the game? What was the energy? What was the vibe? Like? Go pack go. I could hear you know okay. the big the big walkways. And it was so somewhat of a balmy Green Bay I January it was game. Comfortable, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you know, here's a crazy story. So my son in law Corey was with his uh, buddies from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Half Bears fans. Corey is he's well, not from here, but he's probably a, a fun crowd. <laughs> they were actually they were super nice. Yeah. They're they're the reasonable Bears fans usually are pretty reasonable good. Reasonable Bears yeah. fans. And um you know, we're, we're talking about this. He sits in his seats, and then later after the game, he sends me a picture. He's sitting next to Mayor Ron from Wa- from Wapan. <laughs> a picture of those two. What's the chances of that? That's crazy. Mayor Ron Bishop from Small Wapan world. sitting right next to him. Uh, we got a lot of phone calls, lots of texts. Let's go to Steve from Hartford. You're next up on Monday Morning Quarterback. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? Wonderful. How are you? Um Good. I'm glad you got to the game. Just a couple of quick questions. I was wondering on uh, either you or Brandon's thoughts on Jair Alexander's performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he stood out in any way. And uh, concerns about the continual field goal kicking problems. Great win. Everything was good, but wondering about the kicking game. Yeah, great question, Steve. I'm glad mm-hmm. you stayed on the line. So uh, Jair had a pretty good game. He, he, uh, his best game of the year yeah. by far. And uh, here's the thing. Everybody wanted to crucify him. Uh, he had a talk with Matt LaFleur. 
they they essentially suspended him for a game. He seems like he he took that to heart and yeah. just just played football, especially in his uh, press conferences. Yeah, he's he's just his media availability was absolutely. kind of mellow, and you saw that on the field Sunday. To me, that was by far his best game. Now the Bears only threw the ball sixteen times, <laughs> right, which is amazing. So take that for what it's worth. His real test will come Sunday. Yeah, here's the thing about the Bears. That style of football where you're going to throw the ball 16 times is, is not football anymore. It's not the 85 no, season I mean, anymore. I don't care how good you think your defense are, and frankly, the Packers never punted yesterday, so the defense is not that good. You had one takeaway because Jordan Love fumbled. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would start rethinking that. Um, I forgot where I was going to go with that. Field goal oh, operation. Fi- yes. We have a kicker's problem on this team. He's missed field goals in, in 9 of 12 games. I think it's important. Field goals missed, yeah, yeah I think it's important, though. You just got to stick with him. You got to stick with him. He's a young kicker. Yeah. Again, keep in mind, the expectations this year wasn't Super Bowl. He has the leg. I think he's going to be okay. Remember, Mason Crosby struggled uh, a couple years ago, and, and they stuck with him through through all that. So I think if they can stick with Carlson to answer your question, Steve, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. You want extra points should be a gimme. Uh, special teams throughout the course of the NFL has been down this year. That's not making an excuse for him. However, I feel like uh, they should stick with him. I think th- I think he'll be fine. All right. I hope you're right. Uh, we'll squeeze Chuck. He's been very patient on the phone lines. Hey, Chuck. Hey. Congrats on the Packers. I got a question for both of you on protocol. On a concussion that Justin mm-hmm. Fields supposedly had, well, the referee took him out and then one point later, he's back in. What kind of protocol is that? Yeah, so Great weird. question. I, I thought it was a joke. It, again, the referee thing was so weird yesterday. So He actually took two snaps. His head, When you watched the game, I don't know if you saw it, they maybe showed on the replay, on CBS, his head literally bounced off the turf. Oh, yeah. And the first thing I yelled was, that's got to be a concussion. He stayed in the game for, I believe, two plays. It was definitely one. It might have been two. Then he goes out and he's out for ten seconds. Yeah, that, that was just. I've a joke. never seen somebody cleared a concussion that fast. There was just so many <laughs> weird little things, like a first down that wasn't a first down by the Bears. Like, yeah, you don't even get down to look at I, it again. Like the referees, I don't want to hammer on them. You know, it's a tough job, but it is a weird year this year with them. They have been they have been subpar. All right, two quick texts, then we got to get out of here for for the news. Uh, Brandon sounds like a very smart man, so you have some um, redemption. I finally got some backing. Good. Now, this next one, the final text on Monday Morning Quarterback, is one that <laughs> it's a loyal listener. Listen to this. Little known fact, old Dutch potato chips are salted with Chicago Bears fans' tears. <laughs> that's why I love them. That's that, that's why we love them. <laughs> that's why they're so delicious. Thanks to that from Good the uh, 414. Brandon Snide, fun hanging out for an hour. Absolutely. Talk. Monday morning quarterback with a big-time sports guy, Brandon Snide. I'm going to get back to some Packers uh, talk in the 11 o'clock hour. There's some other things we're going to talk about. We're just getting started on this Monday. We're all fired up. Playoff, playoffs, football. Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That is the January 6th prison choir, along with little Donald Trump we had mixed in there. Singing from prison, you know, where they were convicted of a crime and sentenced to. Rome joins us from Midtown. You can join us at 855-616-1620. Hey, Rome. You know where they were convicted of a crime and sentenced to. Rome. 
Yes, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. And now this is our first call of the year. I just want to keep it simple. Uh, we knew we had to double when we uh, when he was a, when we got when he got elected the first time. He's told us what he's going to do. Our American people must be in some kind of stupor because you know the facts, you know the truth, but yet still, you know, you have two thirds of the people in the you know Republican side of things saying that they will vote for this guy. So I want to just tell America, wake the f up. This guy is bad for our country, and we're going down the wrong path. Thank you for that Rome, Rome calling from probably somewhere around the airport. Um, Earl joins from the northwest side. Hey, Earl, welcome to the show. Good morning. Yeah, well, you know, the, 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 the real tragedy in this is Donald Trump is going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. Probably. And whether or not, it, well, it, yeah, come on, it, you know, it's, it's factual. He is going to be the nominee. And so that means that. A majority of Republicans are going to think and believe that what he says and does represents them. And 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 even worse yet, as he stands more than a 50-50 chance of becoming president of the United States again. For heaven's sakes, a man who makes the statement that he could have somehow prevented the Civil War and and the fact that Abraham Lincoln, you know, he would do a better job than Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln does cry out to ask the question why so many Republicans still think that this guy should be the president of the United States. That That's is the inherent danger. That is the question. I have a text right now I'm looking at, Earl, that says Trump is the greatest president in U.S. history. I don't know what to make of that exactly. Well, I, well and so to me. Because we don't know what to make of it, and we know it exists, is where the inherent danger is. Because once he's there, you can't go back and undo it. And I don't think people are thinking about the ramifications long-term of putting this man who is sick uh, back in office. Thanks for the call, Earl, calling from Northwest Side. Uh, I have a lot of text on this. Got some phone calls coming in as well. Um, I'm going to read some of the text because some people took the time. And they're all over the place. Trump is the greatest president in U.S. history. Trump 2024. Uh, Steve, new rules. You must spend equal time on Joe Biden, the guy taking money from foreign governments. I think they've both have been accused of that. Again, here's the thing. You have to be conv- one, you have to be charged, which that hasn't happened to the current president yet. When that happens, I will talk about it. Then you have to be convicted, sentenced, and hopefully the pardon question doesn't come up. So let's be fair about that. And, again, I am fair and balanced, not to use an overused cliche, but I've talked about the challenges that Joe Biden's going to have in this election. One, he's considered too old. Two, his border policy is an absolute disaster. Energy policy, almost that bad. His withdrawal from Afghanistan, a complete, utter mess. Those are realities that we can actually talk about. All the other stuff, somebody, you know, people throw out these wild claims, if you're going to make the claim, then charge it and convict, just like with Trump. But when I bring you actual audio of the former president saying these things, that's worth a conversation. He's not smarter than Abraham Lincoln. He's not smarter than most people walking around every day in your life. That's the reality. And again, you can send me Trump 2024. I don't care who you vote for. I'm telling you what I think. Don from the West Side. Hey, Don, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi, Steve. Uh, I, I'm, I, well, I mean, 
I'm so mad I, I can hardly talk here, but if, tr- if Trump gets elected president, this country is as we know it, ceases to exist. He's already told you about he's going to be a dictator. Does anyone really believe it's going to be for one day? Uh, he's going to go after people that, that opposed him. If I was Mike Pence and he wins, I'd be out of the country at an undisclosed location because I don't think his life would be worth anything. There are so many parallels to what happened in Nazi Germany and here. They both Hitler and Trump both tried to overthrow the government. The difference is uh, Germany put Hitler in jail for a while, and he still came back. Here, the Republicans were too gutless to do anything about Trump, and they're still enabling him every chance they get. Uh, it's it's just a sad thing that uh, this country is basically going to end, as far as I can see. Thanks for the call, Don. Look, Donald Trump, as Earl said, is probably going to be the nominee. I said probably. He says he is going to be the nominee. And that's very, very likely. Very likely that as... On the other side, Joe Biden will be the nominee. So it's it's a redo of 2020, right? So we'll we'll have that decision to make. I can tell you though, and I've had Republicans on the show. Speaker Robin Voss said he'd prefer not to have Trump be the nominee. There are a lot of Republicans who don't want Trump to be the nominee. The only question that anybody who does this on the radio or TV should be talking about is what happens if that's the choice? If it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, former president versus current president, what do Republican voters, independent voters do? Democrats are going to vote for Joe Biden. They're not voting for Donald Trump. Trust me. I don't care what any polling suggests, young people, whatever. They'd probably stay home before they'd vote for the other guy. Are Republicans, you could, I, I've never voted for Joe Biden, probably not, I would never vote for him in the future. Not interested. I said this before, I think the only Democrat I ever voted for was Sheriff Clark. He only ran as a Democrat because that's how he could win. But it doesn't matter how I vote. It matters how we vote. Anybody think that anything's going to be different when Trump loses again? And he will lose. Now, you're going to see a lot of oxygen used up trying to make the case that Donald Trump can win the next election. It's not going to happen. He's a boat anchor on the Republican Party. He's a drag on our country and is an embarrassment to this country. That's my opinion. As always, you are welcome to share your thoughts. And I know there's Trump people out there because they're people making those comments. From everything from Trump 2024 to he was the biggest mistake in U.S. history and would go down as the worst president in history. Trump number one. Steal the election again. It's all over the place. So this is the reality we face in 2024. This is what we're going to be talking about. Not the issues, not the policies, the personalities, the all the other stuff. Which is what all of the anger and angst of politics played as a sport over the last 40 years has led to. It's not about anything important. And frankly, Democrats who don't speak up against nonsense and Republicans who don't speak up against nonsense, you're part of the problem. Silence is acceptance. And my only message on this is you got to be smarter than that. We're going to take a break. Lots more to get to. We've got Spano coming up from Annex Wealth Management. Lots to do on the program today before I get out of here at noon. We'll take a break here. WTMJ. 
Thanks for tuning in on this Monday. Start off talking about the Packers special expanded edition of the Monday Morning Quarterback Playoff Edition. Playoffs, yes. Packers, Dallas, Sunday, 3.30. I think it's on Fox. Maybe they get the A-team for that. Cowboys, undefeated at home, averaging 38 points. Packers, underdogs. Who cares? It's playoffs. Chance to maybe get Mike McCarthy fired again. We shall see. We're talking about politics. Talking about he's fired the guy, Donald Trump. Probably more than likely the candidate for the Republican nomination for president. Uh, for, I got a lot of texts on this. Uh, this is from the 414. This would be a really good year for common sense. Moderate third party, or better yet, no party candidate to run for the presidency. However, I don't think anyone who fits that model is crazy enough to jump into the disgusting pit that is the current state of politics. That's the amazing th- That's a great point, by the way, Texter. All this online debate, all this talk radio noise, nonsense for the most part, all focuses on the BS. You know, I've criticized Republicans for a long time. I, I, I have no patience for loony left-wingers who want free everything. I just don't have any patience for that, because that's not where most of America, America is. It's, it's the 80% in the middle that get no attention. We want to live our lives, pay it our fair share, but not too much, raise our kids, have a, have a family, and raise our family, take a vacation once in a while, and not be bombarded with absolute BS every day of the week. And the media's partly at fault. I'm not saying they're not. Especially talk radio. There are smart guys I know that are Republican strategists who still are in this own-the-libs nonsense that has perpetuated talk radio for 40 years. What has it led to? It's led to this. Are you happy with yourself? Richard from Illinois joins us. Hey, Richard. Hey, Steve. How are you? I am good on this Monday. How are you? I'm good. Because uh, no, I'm, I'm not a bear fan from Illinois. <laughs> there you go. Um, it, it boggles my mind always that people, Trump people who hear what he says, how it doesn't frighten them and make them get off the off the wagon. I, I just don't get it. I I probably have too much time on my hands, and I like to look up sites that rank presidents in history, and invariably Trump is in the bottom five most commonly second worst, just ahead of James Buchanan, president before just before the Civil War, and Andrew Johnson just ahead of him, president right after. So I kind of puts him in, in company there that kind of should be frightening, you know? Yeah. Thanks for the call, Richard. I mean, look, this is happening, America. This is in Wisconsin. And Illinois. This is happening. It's what we do with it. Are we going to play these silly political games? Are we going to stay on that, or are we going to actually do something? I have to shift gears here. I'll come back to this. So, Rebecca from Burlington, you're, you're on the line. If you want to call back in a little bit, I'm going to talk to Dave Spano. We had a great webinar last week. Hundreds of people joined us talking about the, the risks and opportunities for 2024. Dave was on fire, brilliant, and we're going to make that available to you at some point. Uh, we'll put that together and put it on the websites, AnnexWealth.com and WTMJ.com. We'll talk to Dave Spano, the guy, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, after this. Oh, when you hear that music, you know what's coming next. The voice of the one, the only president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano, who I got to share some time with at his Elm Grove offices on Thursday. But it was Thursday, right, Dave Spano? That's correct. Yes, it was. Yeah, and a great, great conversation. Lots of people uh, came into the uh, webinar, and we talked about risk and opportunities for 2024. So I wanted to start with just some highlights from your perspective of that webinar. 
Well, the highlights, of course, were that you, that you were you were here. I mean, well, thank I, you, Dave. How, Appreciate how that. How could that not be the highlight? No, mm-hmm. of course, we had you know hundreds of people that uh, came in and wanted to hear what uh, what's in front of us for the year. And obviously, there's two main main topics that we're going to end up talking about throughout the year. And one, of course, is fiscal policy uh, in that in everything that goes with that. Monetary policy will be following right behind that. But monetary policy, of course, is going to be what the Federal Reserve does in. You know, right now they are indicating, Steve, that they are going to lower rates three times in 2024. The market thinks it's going to be even more than that, but we're going to have to see. So that for sure, monetary policy and what effect that has on interest rates and people's portfolios. And then the second thing, of course, is the election. It will suck all the air out of everything else, and that is what we'll have to talk about throughout the year and the effects that it could have on the markets. So for the folks who weren't on the webinar, and I know you guys will provide that link, and we will as well on WTMJ.com. We're just doing some final editing on it. So what was the highlights of the – you only had about eight or ten slides. It was it was a short presentation. We were more interested in answering the people's questions. What were some of the highlights of those um, – Things that you looked at for 2023, looking ahead to 2024. Yeah, and the highlight, of course, is going to be when you have lowering interest rates. When interest rates go down, that has an effect on all kinds of assets. It's going to have it's going to have an effect on bonds, and it's going to have an effect on stocks. It's going to have an effect on real estate. And so, when when interest rates go down, it has an effect on pricing. And there is an opportunity right there. So as interest rates start to head down, bond prices go back up. So you re- we've actually already started to see that the t- you know, the ten-year Treasury was at around five percent, now trading under four, three and almost three and three quarters. And so with that, as interest rates come down, that gives an opportunity in bond prices. And by the way, it also moves stock prices. And you can see that in the Magnificent Seven, as, as we talked about the other day. Those seven stocks really moved the market. And, of course, NASDAQ was up nearly 50%, between 40 and 50% last year. And those companies that had that had pressure on interest rates like utilities did not do as well. So, you know, where you invest is really important. David Spano from Annex joining us on WTMJ. Whenever you're on, I get, I get versions of this question. So I got a bunch of these. I want to just paraphrase them. It's basically this. The market had some poor performance earlier in the year and then rebounded spectacularly at the end of the year. Well, people always ask, will I make that money back up? Well, I think, as I've often heard you say, it's about the choices you make and the planning decisions you make leading into the recovery, or in this case, just the the incredible ramp up at the end of 2023. Yeah, and that ramp up came because the Fed indicated that they were done hiking rates. So once once the bond market sniffed that out, and once the equity market sniffed that out, that rally really accelerated. So, but to answer that person's questions, it really depends where you were. As you just pointed out, if you were overweighted, for example, in utilities or perhaps emerging markets. You did not do as well as if you were in some of the other sectors that did well, information technology and the like. And so that, that is really that's the answer to that question. But as, as we talked about, we could see, you know, there's 500 companies in the S&P 500. That's not just the Magnificent Seven anymore, that the market rally broadens out and the other 493 begin to participate. So that would be the answer to that question. You need to take a look at it. And by the way, as at the end of last year, we talked a lot, as you know, about should you take some tax losses, offset them against gains, and, and prepare your portfolio for 24 and everything that it's going to have uh, in front of us throughout the year. 
Yeah, and we talked about the importance of financial planning. And you know, the do-it-yourselfers are out there. I know some. I, I used to do some of that myself. But the uh, the idea of it is to have somebody look at all of your the pieces of your portfolio, right? All the ways you making money, all the ways you spend money, all the ways you invest. That's the, the, the important part of a conversation with Annex. Yeah, there's no question. Financial planning. We lead with financial planning. We are a financial planning firm. And then that goes everything along with that. And that really means... Are you getting advice from a fee-only fiduciary? And that is really important. And those terms make a difference. And that is, are you always acting in the best interest of your client? Or once in a while, do you take your hat off and start to sell a product? Be be careful with that. So fee-only fiduciary is number one. And then, of course, the rest of the wealth management that we talk about, estate planning, tax planning, investment planning, everything comes together. But, you know, what is 24 going to have in in front of us? There's no question, Steve, as as you were just talking about with your listeners, that elections are going to be a big part of this process. What is the Supreme Court? This might be the year of the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. And it's starting already, right? And we're starting to see these stories start to develop. And, of course, what happens when we get to... uh, when we get to an electoral college conversation, you know, people are, are going to see this This is about democracy. And it's on both sides of the aisle, right? Both on the Democrats and, and the Republicans are both saying it's a fight for democracy. So that is could un, un, uh, make the markets a little bit unwieldy as we go through the year. People's concern, no matter what aisle, side of the aisle that you're on, thinking that democracy is at risk, that's going to be the big saying. And, of course, what, what happens from that? And that could cause a dislocation in some of the pricing of equities. Uh, Texter asked about tax, tax changes or planning. After the year ends, is it too late to, to start figuring out your tax strategy for 2024? No, of course not. And that really is going to be a big story because a lot of these tax cuts that were put into place several years ago are about to expire in 24 and 25. So that's there's no question that you need to go through the tax plan. And that just doesn't mean going to a guy who's going to sell you an annuity. That's not tax planning. It is really an opportunity to go through and say, what are my tax losses? Should I do a Roth conversion? Should I advance some money? Should I do some estate and tax planning together? All of that is tax planning coming together, and that is what you get when you go to a, a firm that does tax plan with tax planners. You mentioned the, the Fed policy this year, perhaps some rate reductions, the interest rates, which ultimately, if they, if they lower that rate, we would see for consumers. Anything else you have your eyes on as we uh, get into the, the start of 2024? Yeah, if interest rates go back down, I mean, it's going to have an effect on lots of things, as you point out. Mortgage rates, you know, we already saw that, you know, the mortgage rate was kissing off 8%. That has come down significantly and is likely to come down. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing something with your home, interest rates are likely to be lower that are going throughout the year. So there's some planning that you could do, you know, perhaps you want to sell your house, uh, you know, start to do some prep right now. If you're looking to buy a house, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't buy it and wait for interest rates to come back down. Just get prepared, maybe get something that's more variable as, as rates come back down. But again, I think the story is going to be two things throughout the year, and we will continue to talk about this all year, Steve, is number one is what is the Fed going to do? And number two, uh, as, as importantly, what is going to happen in the election world and everything that goes for it? And by the way, it's, the elections are not just here. There are global elections, and so about 80% of capitalism is up for election in 2024. So let's take a look at that, and let's discuss it in an unbiased way. Lots to talk about in the future. Dave Spano, President and CEO, 
CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Always appreciate your wisdom, Dave. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Have a good day. All right, and uh, we'll have that webinar up shortly uh, on both our site and AnnexWealth.com, the, the great webinar we did with hundreds of people on the webinar last week. Some great information. Simple slides, but they really demonstrated the points that Dave was making in our conversation today. All right, we'll take a break here. I'm going to return to the Trump conversation because a lot, Trump-Biden, I should say, because that's going to be the race, it looks like. Got a lot of text on this. I want to give those people who took the time to text a chance to get their opinion heard. And it's trust me, it's all over the board. So that's uh, the essence of talk radio, right? Lots of opinions. We'll give them some time after this. Lots of opinions on this money, which is a good thing. It's America. We have freedoms. We have the freedom to pick who we want. And for some people, that will be Donald Trump. And some people, that will be Joe Biden. That's how it's supposed to work. My only question is, are we making educated decisions about the things that are, are important to us? Or are we getting all wrapped up in the nonsense and the hoopla of own the libs, own the conservatives, that kind of silly, mindless, admittedly popular talk radio and talk TV chatter. So I'll give you a kind of, this is a, a great way to illustrate the point of where we're at. These are two texts that are right next to each other on my scrolling text feed here at WTMJ. Hi, Steve. My opinion as a USA citizen is that, that the parties are voting for are Republican or Democrat. History has factually proven the Democrats destroy the USA. I would argue that to a point, but, uh, and Dave Spano actually put up a slide during his webinar last week that illustrates the differences between market performance, economic performance aren't clear cut like people think they are, but you can go to the webinar when it's posted. We can all share that information together. Uh, going back to the text, I do not support a person, but will vote for the most effective party, which is Republican. That's an interesting conversation. It's almost a whole nother conversation. The voter who says, I, it's never about the person to me, it's about the party. I've called those voters lazy. So the really, the only decision is, where's the R, where's the D? There could be dangerous Democrats and dangerous Republicans, right? Uh, from the 715, these are the two texts that were right next to each other. Steve, I truly hope that if it looks like Trump will be convicted in any of the upcoming trials, that the RNC says they're not going to do this. Sorry, we cannot make him the nominee and either take his VP choice or whoever came in second place and make them our nominee. I think that's the, the, the hope of some Republicans who, frankly, are just tired of the noise and the nonsense. I'm not sure that's the case. And, and Bill McCaution and I and, and Joe Zepecki talked about this Friday. And uh, Joe basically said we were naive and silly and, uh, you know, living in dreamland that, that we think that's going to happen. Um, but there's a lot of texters and voters who say he's not going to be the nominee. I have no idea, and no one else does either, what the implications of our are of these court cases, Trump's own words and comments, any potential convictions or acquittals. If there's a, if they're all acquittals, or the Supreme Court in, in their wisdom says, you know what, we can't do this. Donald Trump might not only just win the nomination; he might win the presidency. The great thing about this is we're going to be sitting here in 2024 and 2025 talking about the ramifications of that decision, Biden or Trump, and we can talk about that. Uh, this is from Jeff. Truth be told, or he's sending, he thinks I'm Jeff. Truth be told, I'm tired of both sides, but I'll gladly pick a candidate that isn't a lifetime politician. For those saying Trump is the worst, have they not seen the past three years? As a small business owner, my cost for insurance, energy, et cetera, has nearly tripled. And that's a reality, and that's one that Biden... President Biden has to face. I've said this before on the show. 
If I'm running his campaign, I shouldn't be running his campaign because they're failing miserably. He's actually advocating now, Joe Biden is, for policies of the border that no Democrat would ever advocate for, but he realizes he's losing that battle. Inflation has taken a heavy toll on some Americans, not all, some. And if a lot of those people, enough of those people votes, that's a problem for the incumbent, and and his ratings are at record lows. Record lows. So lots to think about in the election ahead. I'm going to take a break here, one final break for this hour. We'll uh, tee it up for the next hour, and then we'll get to news at the top. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. Do you look around your house and see nothing but projects that need to be done? Are you looking to finally update those countertops? I need new countertops. So what about that new floor? I'm getting a new floor in a couple weeks. Do you have smart tech in your house yet? A new year means it's time for a new home remodel project. Meet, connect, and learn at the Metropolitan Builders Association's Home Remodeling Show in the beautiful Expo Center at State Fair Park, January 12th through the 14th, Wisconsin's Afternoon News. John and Greg and everybody else will be giving away tickets all this week. Get your next home remodeling project started today. Join Wisconsin's Afternoon News all week long for a chance to win tickets to the 2024 Metropolitan Builders Association Home Remodeling Show. I've been to that event. It, it is one of the best. You get a lot of great ideas, and you can actually get stuff done in your house so listen to Wisconsin's Afternoon News all this week. They're giving away tickets. All right. Um, kind of teeing up the next hour. We'll do a little Packers at the end of the show before we hand it off to Tracy Johnson. Uh, a couple local stories. So the big story over the uh, weekend after Friday was the announcement that Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm will not seek reelection in 2024. So I think it's the second longest serving um, DA in Milwaukee history. Um, It's an interesting question. I know John Chisholm. I've talked to him many times. He was very involved in the the Sikh Temple shooting in in 2012 and the aftermath of that. Um, He is something that that has been controversial, and that issue has to do with crime in Milwaukee. And that's really all I want to discuss with that is your thoughts on his decision to leave and what that means for the next DA in Milwaukee. What that DA should pursue. What's the strategy on crime in Milwaukee? And how we approach that from a district attorney perspective. We'll discuss that one. And the other one has to do with marijuana. And I had Robin Voss, Speaker Robin Voss from the Assembly uh, in a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And he has uh, put forward a plan for medicinal marijuana. I want to ask the other question, because this is really the outlier, and he said pretty forcefully that he is not going to do anything to push forward on recreational marijuana, even though every state around us and the country of Canada to our north have all taken that next step. My question is going to be simple in the 11 o'clock hour. Is it just a matter of time before recreational marijuana is also legal in Wisconsin? I've said 2028. That's just a guess, pure speculation, just the way I feel about it for a lot of different reasons. We'll have that conversation and the changing of the guard at some point in the position of district attorney in Milwaukee. That's coming up. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. 
One more hour before we head it off to the one, the only Tracy Johnson, not Tracy Wagner, as I called her last Friday. Tracy Johnson, president and CEO of CarW, by the way, and a really great talker as well. So I kind of teed up a couple of topics. We're gonna, we'll get some Packers in here, too, because how can we not celebrate the greats win yesterday over the dreaded, hated Chicago Bears? We had some fun with that, and Bob from Waukesha's feeling a little bit today, and as a loyal Bears fan, I suppose I would be too, right? You you, you hope and pray your team's going to do well, and when it doesn't work out, that's disappointing. I, I've certainly had the ups and downs of all of that. I've had the Packers winning a Super Bowl, and I've had the the time since then where they struggled to get out of their own way. And whether it was 2014 or 2018, um, we all remember what those that was like. So, but I wanted to spend a little time. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because it's just a decision. It's just an announcement, really. Milwaukee County's District Attorney John Chisholm has announced he will not seek re-election. I think he's the second longest standing. Um, I would say probably Michael McCann, probably number one. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Um, it's not an appointed position. It's an elected position. And he's uh, been elected, I believe, at least four election times, four cycles. Um, it's an interesting question for this reason. Crime is always a topic when you talk about Milwaukee. Now, it can be overplayed and overstated. I get that. But it's also one of those things that is front and center on voters' minds, taxpayers' minds, and visitors' minds when you come to a, a major metropolitan city, which I think we qualify as. And I think so much of this conversation has been swirling around, is John Chisholm tough on crime? And criminals, probably more importantly. And the argument, at least from people that I talk to, is that he's not that person. Doesn't mean he's not fair-minded. Doesn't, doesn't mean he's not a great public servant. I think he's all those things. But his is his notion of what a DA does in Milwaukee County, is his notion of how we treat people who break laws the right answer for Milwaukee. That is fodder for debate, and that's something that I'm more than willing to take your calls or texts on. So I, I've gotten a few of them. John Chisholm, this is from the 414, John Chisholm is a major enabler to crime in Milwaukee, and this potentially is a good thing that he's leaving. From the 414, glad to see him go. It's long overdue. We need a DA that doesn't think returning criminals to the streets is doing their job. That's generally what I hear. Again, I have a lot of respect for public servants. Even ones I don't necessarily like or their policies, I respect someone that puts their name out there willing to run for election, willing to serve the public's interest. Doesn't we have to agree on everything? That's this weird new reality that we, if we don't agree, we're the enemy. That, that's not what I do, and I, frankly, I think it's a waste of time. But we, I understand the people that make that argument. Republicans hate Democrats, Democrats hate Republicans, and those people un- unfortunately get a lot of attention. But on the issue of crime in Milwaukee, I will say this. It's an elected position. I would like to see somebody who is willing to take on the public relations side of this argument. Are we tough enough on criminals and crime in Milwaukee? And I think there's room for improvement there. Why do I say that? Because we have dealt with some severe issues when it comes to crime in Milwaukee. Reckless driving, not a great track record there. Theft, car theft, Specifically, homicide rates come down a little bit this year, but that's been a concern. And how we approach the position of district attorney. 
in my mind, the voters in Milwaukee County, because this is a county position, are looking for someone who says loudly and clearly, and I at this point I have no idea who the candidates might be, we're not going to let people skate when they commit a crime. We're not going to catch and release. We're not going to excuse behavior because we're trying to fix society's ills. We're trying to combat racial justice issues through the work of the DA's office. That is an exercise in futility and a waste of time. Data doesn't suggest, in my opinion, that crime has a racial component. Why do I say that? Committing a crime means, regardless of race, gender, whatever classification or criteria you want to use, you are deciding to break the law. That should be the opposite of all that. And to make it a racial question, to make it a, again, whatever criteria you want to use, dumbs down the process of going after criminals. Once you've taken that leap, once you've taken that step, hard to go back. Last words on this. And if you have a thought, just text at 855-616-1620. This is an opportunity for voters in Milwaukee County to say, you know what? No. We're going to get tougher on crime. Not tough on crime. Tougher on crime. The era of catch and release, lenient sentences, deciding how to charge things in a, in a manner that's trying to fix other things other than sending criminals to jail, not going to fly here. This could be a first step to a tougher war on crime. Are we willing to do it? Voters will decide, and that's us. Whenever this topic comes up, I often take a pause myself and just, all right, so where are we going to take this? If you haven't heard the news, and he, he announced it uh, a couple weeks ago when he was on the show with me on uh, the Friday before, I think it was before Christmas, or, or just after Christmas. Um, Speaker from the Assembly, Robin Voss, joined the show. He was talking about the proposal to introduce legalized medicinal marijuana in the state. And there's, uh, as we speak, there's press conferences happening about that. And he also appeared on a great local program. If you haven't seen it, Channel 12's uh, Upfront program uh, with Matt Smith. Uh, Very, very good. And he said this. We are offering, this is former, not former, current Speaker Robin Voss from the Assembly. Wisconsin Assembly. We are offering a very limited version that's going to help people who are truly sick. We are not going to have something like other states do where you can walk in and say, I don't feel well, and they give you a gummy bear or a gummy. Speaker Voss went on to say, one of the biggest fears I have, and I saw it in one of the comments that Governor Evers said, is that it's the first step toward recreational marijuana. Continuing with Speaker Voss's comments, that scares the bejesus out of most of the members of my caucus. Because we know the wrong thing for Wisconsin is to legalize recreational marijuana. It's just a precursor to get us toward recreational. It's going to kill the bill. I'm going to ask a big question and then a small question. The big question is this. Is it a precursor to recreational marijuana in the state of Wisconsin? Currently, we're surrounded by that from states of Minnesota and Illinois, Michigan, to varying degrees, different rules, but legalization efforts either in place or on their way. The entire country of Canada embracing all of these things. And I've said before, one of the great things about that is 
is that we can see the data from those states and that country and make better decisions. And if it's a data-driven decision, we can see if, if it is indeed a precursor to recreational marijuana, the, the hazards or dangers, if there are any, to recreational marijuana, and make our decisions accordingly. So is this, do you think, a precursor to the arrival of recreational marijuana? You can make the argument. The smaller piece is, will this get done? Will medicinal marijuana be legal in the state of Wisconsin? Because Speaker Voss has indicated any attempt by the governor to tweak this or change this kills the bill. And as far as I as I know, and last time I checked, Republicans still control the Assembly and the Senate. What do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Two questions. Is this leading us down the road to recreational marijuana? And will this thing happen, this medicinal marijuana, this reality? Will that happen in the state of Wisconsin in the very near future? That's our questions, your comments, texts, calls, 855-616-1620. That's next. Oh, one talk over the line if I uh, know the song correctly. There we go. Just waiting for the magic to happen. All right, so I asked a question before the break. Big question, small question. Big question, is this push now for medicinal marijuana coming from Republicans in the state of Wisconsin, specifically Speaker Robin Voss, the precursor to recreational? I've said on the show, I said it a month ago, and I probably said it before that, I see 2028 as the magic number, magic year for that arrival. And as much as Republicans currently don't like the idea of recreational marijuana, I think it's inevitable in this country and in this state. The small question, though, is will this get done? Will medicinal marijuana be available at some time in the near future? Uh, Speaker Robin Voss is kind of rolling these ideas out today, talking about a very restricted dispensary, I think is the term they use, maybe it's a different one, where you have to go to a specific place to get medicinal marijuana with really specific criteria. Not I feel sick, I need a gummy. Not that. Doreen joins us on the phone. Hi, Doreen. Hey, good morning. Good morning. What do you think? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, especially him being a Republican, okay, I think he's wrong. He he is going to make it extremely hard for these medical patients to get it. There are people with severe cancer that need them. It helps them, and I've witnessed that. Do you think okay? it, Do you think it's going to be leading to the arrival at some point of recreational marijuana? You know what? It should, because him being a Republican, they're always talking money, 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 money. Do you know how much money this state can bring in? Have you seen the numbers from Illinois? They're big. Million, millions of dollars. And that money, we need that money. I, you know, for the first time, I cannot believe a Republican is acting on money. I'm sorry. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but no. Eventually, but as long as he's in office, Probably not. All right. Thanks for the call, uh, Doreen, calling uh, from Menominee Falls. I'm actually surprised and a little bit shocked that 
and he said it on my show a couple weeks ago, that Speaker Robin Voss was actually moving forward. Now, in the scheme of a marijuana conversation, medicinal or recreational, this is small potatoes. The interesting thing about it, though, it's an interesting first step by some really hardcore Republicans, very conservative Republicans, to say, you know what, maybe we need to listen. And this is a bigger political point. One of the reasons, this is my opinion, that Republicans, I think, have lost many of the elections in the last few years is because of the hardline stance of some members on the Republican side of the aisle. I don't want to call it unreasonableness, but just a general disdain for what the public thinks. Anybody who pays attention to public polling in the state of Wisconsin knows that marijuana, both medicinal and recreational, very popular. As a matter of fact, one of the texters said we should just have a referendum on it and get it over with. Paraphrasing. Texter also says from the 9 show, it's not a precursor. Voss is speaking for himself and not speaking for the majority. As measured by, in some cases, referendums, in some cases, by polling. Another texter from the 414 says, just legalize weed. No big deal. People will find a way to get it. That's already happened. That ship has sailed. If you want to get marijuana, we had this conversation, I think I had it away from the show, might have even been on the show. There are people literally driving to Illinois on the southern part of the state and probably other places elsewhere to not only supply their own marijuana needs, but for their friends. Somebody described it to me as a laundry list of what marijuana I need to bring back for my friends for their needs. And that's both recreational and medicinal. It's an interesting time because we are an outlier. We're surrounded by legalized marijuana. From the 414, and I've got a phone call as well. Hello, Steve. I do believe that marijuana is a precursor to eventually legalizing marijuana in the state. I'm against legalization, but I am for controlled medical marijuana. I chuckle when these people call and say, look at all the tax revenue you're losing by not legalizing marijuana. Curious for the states that have had this for a few years, how do they... How do they end up spending on people that are addicted? The data is still being looked at, but there are consequences, including on behavior, driving, law enforcement, when they choose to enforce. And marijuana is a sticky wicket because some don't, especially when you're surrounded by legal marijuana. And I can tell you there's a lot of folks breaking the law every day that are going from Wisconsin to Illinois. That that's not even on the radar, law enforcement, because they have enough work to do and they're under staffed john from franklin joins the conversation good morning john hey morning thanks for taking the call sure. um i was just saying this is an opportunity i think to for boss and hey john john you're breaking up i'm gonna let him go john's breaking up if you want to call back john on a, on a better line we, we couldn't hear, really hear what you're saying i agree with you though on the opportunity parts and that's what i was getting to the the idea from some level-headed, common-sense Republicans, and there are some of those, trust me, that this rigid, my way or the highway way of looking at things is not going to win you elections. From dog catcher to president, not going to win you elections. That's why the insistence on the former president as the nominee, given all the nonsense swirling around him, to me seems misguided and, and frankly, a wasted effort when, when he loses the general election, which I think is going to happen. That's the concern. 
thinking about winning elections in terms of policy, this is why this seems like a, a good opening foray into the meta, medical marijuana, medicinal marijuana discussion, and eventually, and again, who knows, I said 2028, could be earlier, could be later, or never, the conversation about recreational marijuana. We got John? I think we have John back. How's the connection, John? Better? Hey, yeah, better. Sorry about that. No problem. What do you think? I'm not not how sure how much you uh, heard, but um, I heard the I, opportunity uh, parts of your first sentence. Yeah, I heard. So it, I think it's a huge opportunity here for Voss and the boys to really present and women to really present legislation that could be serving the people at multiple levels. So I'm from Illinois, and the legislation there it seems like it's it's good, but it just seems like it's weed stores you know, everywhere now, and it's kind of just surface level, okay, the money's there. Mm-hmm. But I think this could be a huge opportunity as well to encourage more holistic approaches, like medical marijuana, instead of pills and kind of the big pharma. And I doubt that that will ever happen from the government with the lobbyists that those big companies have, but it's just a hope that I have that they could launch some kind of program to encourage those holistic approaches. Yeah, that's a great, thanks for the call, John. That's an interesting point. Because as much as big pharma, as he the term he used... Or government likes to think there's, you know, this is the way. There are alternative treatments. We've seen that all over the place for all different kinds of ailments. I think that's important to think about. And as we, you know, figure out the path to the future, I think it's going to involve more things like first medicinal marijuana and eventually even recreational. Uh, Tom from Columbus joins us. Hey, Tom. You know, it's just crazy. Tom. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I think we should just get on with full legalization. I really do. Um, I don't know that this is a precursor that this restrictive medical marijuana, medical cannabis bill is going to be any kind of a a gateway to full recreational legalization. But again, you know, I'm spending a couple hundred bucks every couple of months running down to Illinois, and I just just as soon pay those taxes here. Can I ask you, Tom, Can I ask you, Tom, why you make that drive? Why you purchase marijuana in Illinois and come and bring it back to Wisconsin? Well, for for me, it's helped me with some digestive issues as a result of chemo. Okay. Um, and again, I wouldn't qualify for medical as as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do enjoy it recreationally. I mean, I do. I don't drink. And again, the alcohol doing the damage that it does in this state and others. And you know, we endorse that. We, you know, a, a, a microbrew comes out with a new flavor. They have it on the news. And come on, we're adults. We know and we act differently than we did 50 years ago, good or bad. And the polling shows what we think of, of marijuana and, and cannabis use. Again, you don't drive around high. You don't give it to kids. You don't, you don't do all the things. You don't do anything with it that you wouldn't, you know, do with alcohol. You enjoy it at home. You enjoy it responsibly. And, and you keep it away from kids. And, I think it's just uh, this stalwart bullheadedness. I don't know if it's the Tavern League again pushing pushing this one or the brewing and distillery uh, uh, lobbies keeping it illegal here, as they they have be, you know funded those things before. All right? Do you think we'll but, see? Do you think um, we'll see recreational marijuana in let's say the next four years in our state? I sure hope so. I think we will. I think we're four or five years out. All right. Thanks for the call, Tom. I got John from De Pere. We can get him in quickly here. Hey, John. Hey, Steve, uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Always enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, 
I, I the, the previous caller, Tom, also, I, that's my take is I think it shows how strong the liquor lobby is in this state. It is, uh, it is, uh, I'm, I'm like, I agree with Tom. It's that, you know, in Wisconsin, we, we embrace alcohol and, and it's much abused and it's, I, I think we need, uh, I, I've always said, uh, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying when I was younger, I certainly inhaled. I did. Um, Me too. I would say, <laughs> Me too. I, I, right? Absolutely. And I enjoyed it greatly. But I would say, you know, if I push some to shove, my biggest problem with marijuana, with pot, was the inhaling part and bringing into your lungs. Now with gummies, I, you know, I would rather have my daughters take a gummy if they so choose rather than drink. Thank, oops, didn't mean to cut you off, John, but I appreciate your thoughts. We've got to get to break here. But I think he's exactly right. This is something that is going to happen eventually. And there are certainly opportunities here for Republicans to win the day, at least on medicinal. Now, Republicans or Democrats aren't going to change their stripes overnight in, in this state or any other state. There are distinct differences politically between those two different sides of the aisle. That's not going to change. I do think, as far-fetched as this may sound, that this is a at least an initial start to Republicans in the state of Wisconsin saying to voters and residents, we're listening. Now, it's a very small baby step. And again, we're surrounded by marijuana, legal marijuana. And as we've had callers say, people are going out of their way, out of the state, to get it. But the last caller's point was really, really good. You look at alcohol. We're not looking to shut down, even in a state that has the drunkest cities and the drunkest counties and, you know, alcohol is celebrated, to knock that down at all. Matter of fact, we celebrate it. Anybody want to argue out there that alcohol's just as or maybe more dangerous than marijuana? That'd be a tough argument to make. What do you think? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Having the marijuana debates. Medicinal may be on its way to Wisconsin. Recreational, that's still a very, very long way away. Adam joins us from Milwaukee. Hey, Adam. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, and you? Good. What do you think on this issue? Uh, well, when I got in trouble for drinking and having my fourth OWI, I figured that they should have got rid of alcohol, which is they'll never happen. But uh, while they got a chance to legalize marijuana or not, I think they should not legalize it because it will just ruin people's lives. Well, let's just pl- let me play devil's advocate. Alcohol is legal; it ruins people's lives. But we're not advocating for the prohibition of alcohol use or being tougher on people that are using alcohol and driving and working and living their lives. What's the difference? The difference is that people have a right to choose whether they want to drink and drive or smoke and drive, and you know, usually. Their common sense is, hey, I don't care. I'm going to drive, whether I'm smoking marijuana or if I'm drunk. That's probably the reality, thanks for the call, Adam, that, that is not going to change. 
people will make bad decisions. That's not exclusive to alcohol, not exclusive to marijuana or any other drug use. I have a lot of texts on this. Um, we'll read some of those here. Uh, see, let me share a story with you. This is from the 414. Over the holidays, one of my friends told me how his 19-year-old son orders marijuana online and gets it shipped to their house. My friend said that his son's typical order is $300 for marijuana, which he uses for recreational purposes. I believe that's illegal if you live in Wisconsin. Uh, from the 414, I can tell you as a 29-year-old, I have lost friends to prescription drugs and addiction. I've never lost friends to pots. Society is dumb enough. This is from the 920. Society is dumb enough. You can you imagine dumb and stone? Keep it illegal. Uh, from the 414, I've dealt with public for the last 50 years. Not fun dealing with drunks or people high in weed. Not that I want both banned, but just not fun. There is that piece to it. I can tell you I've been to places that have legal legalized marijuana. I'm not a big fan of the smell, and it, it does infest everything around it. So public areas, it's it's not a good look. You know, and it, the, I don't like the smell, so for me, you know, I don't use marijuana anymore. I mean, it's, it's it was a high school thing for me, maybe college. I have no interest in smoking it or consuming it again. But, you know, that story might change if I'm, you know, suffering or in pain. might be a different story. That's a different reality that I don't really know firsthand. Chris joins us from Milwaukee. Hey, welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you think? Well, I just think it's ridiculous that it's not legal at this point. And the clearly the reason in this state is because of alcohol. I mean, and so when, when they're having that argument saying, well, we don't know how, we don't want people driving around high. Well, everyone's driving around drunk and they get four DUIs and it's like a slap on the wrist. It's like a rite of passage around here. True. It's gross, honestly. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is, if you actually think that, that by not legalizing it here, that it's not here, you're ridiculous. Like, if you think that people aren't smoking weed in Wisconsin just because it's not legal, you're absolutely ridiculous. That is, they are going to every state around us. Trust me, I know, I have friends of mine. I know people secondhand who have told me that they have friends and neighbors that are driving to Illinois and, and, and getting the marijuana they want, in some cases, need. That's a reality that I think Wisconsin has to face. I, face. I think that's part of what the... Initial push for Republicans, small as it is, towards medicinal marijuana. That's part of that reality, I think. What do you think? Well, yeah, but like, and the thing is, though, that drives me insane is that you can you can literally die from drinking. I could drink a bottle of vodka right now and kill myself. <laughs> you can't overdose from weed. It's impossible. <laughs> it's it's literally impossible to overdose on marijuana. You can't. Interesting. I don't understand yeah. what the problem is. Interesting but, distinction. Thanks for the call, Chris. Uh, Nancy from Burlington joins us next. Hey, Nancy. Hi. Hi. You, you may not be able to overdose from from your last caller, but you can end up in the ER with THC toxicity. And a lot of medical articles I've been reading, I'm a retired RN, the ER docs are absolutely against it. Um, the, the stuff I smoked in the 70s is not the stuff they're buying in the cannabis stores now. They're seeing a lot of people in their 60s, in their 70s show up in ER, young people too, with THC toxicity, arrhythmias, nausea, vomiting, um, you, you think of all the cardiac meds people my age are on. 
um, it interacts with all those things. So let me, I, let me ask you this, Nancy. getting really good education when they buy, mm-hmm. I'm wary of it. Let me ask you this, Nancy. As someone who's worked in medicine, who, who was a, is a retired nurse, where do you think this story is going? Because state after states, country after country, are basically saying to marijuana, we're going to legalize it. Is you think there's anything that's going to get in the way of that? No. And that's really unfortunate. And I feel bad for the docs who are working in the ER, who are seeing these people come in. Um, if, if they do legalize it, I hope the dispensaries are giving really good education. But I'm going to bet not. I appreciate that wisdom and that experience, Nancy from Bloomington. We'll take a break here. Uh, still time to get in. we got Don and Patty are on the line. We've got tons of uh, text on the old National Bank talking text line as well. Good conversation today on this Monday, Victory Monday, as I'm calling it. No surprise, marijuana. Medicinal recreation, always a hot-button topic, and uh, you guys have not disappointed. Lots of texts, lots of calls. Back to the phone lines, Don from Manitowoc. Hey, Don, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Hey, um, um... I have a hard time. I'm a stroke patient, okay? Okay. Um, Did you know that the National Institute of Health has a patent for stroke patients for cannabis, and they've had it for 20 years? Would you like that patent number? If you'd like to say it, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but if you'd like to say what it is. No, it's 663-0507. The National Institute of Health says that marijuana is a neuroprotectant that information has been hidden for 20 years, okay? They gave me 6 to 12 months to live. I'm at 10 years because I go out to Colorado out by my son. Cannabis is medicine. It's never killed nobody. These nurses talking what they're talking about, that it, uh, bringing people to the emergency rooms, it doesn't even compare to alcohol, all right? That's true. And for a nurse, and, and for a nurse to say, Anything bad about marijuana, she better do her research because it cures cancer. It cures. It doesn't cure strokes, but it makes our lives tolerable. Tell me what it's done for and your life, Don. Tell me what it's done specifically it, for your life. It has totally, it's a neuroprotectant. It has saved my life. I have tried, we even tried the other day with Channel 5 News out of Green Bay to talk to my senator and um, to try to get this passed. It's it helps your brain. It protects your brain. They only gave me six to 12 months to live. I'm at 10 years. You tell me what it did for me. Thanks for the call, Don. I mean, that's that's real life. I'm not going to argue with Don about it. I don't know about the patent or anything like that. But it, it is, for a lot of people, it seems to be an answer for pain management, certainly, and also just a treatment of what ails them. And that's just the medicinal part. Recreational we find all kinds of ways to amuse ourselves, and, and certainly marijuana is one of those choices for some people. Uh, Patty joins us from Oak Creek. Hey, Patty. Hey, good morning, Steve. Good morning. So, just a couple of things, question I have for you. Um, and congratulations on that Packer win yesterday. Oh, um, yes. A couple of things. I mean, I, I work with a lot of clients that are younger in age, um, and just in conversations that we're having, a lot of these <clears throat> the younger people, they're not drinking anymore is that they're doing, you know, they're edibles or they're smoking. And I 
they they just don't have a they don't want to do it. They don't like to do it. And in regards to you know buying it, um, you know going across the border. I mean Minnesota has it. Everyone has it. Do you do you think, Steve? Does anything does the tavern league have anything to do with you know putting a, a stop kind of in regards to this you know moving forward even you know for medical purposes? Yeah, it's a great um, it's a great question. It's a great thanks for the call, Patty. It's a great question. I have no firsthand knowledge that they're actively working to push back against marijuana legalization. I know anecdotally and through speculation and all sorts of other avenues that there's that conversation is being had. And I think it's silly. I think it's certainly outdated. When this one marijuana is going to happen in the state of Wisconsin, like it happens everywhere and should be everywhere. And I do believe in the state of Wisconsin, even the state of Wisconsin by 2028 will have legal, legalized recreational marijuana. I think that is inevitable. I just think this recent foray by Republicans into the medicinal question is being done for, one, they're hearing from their, some of their constituents, and two, for political reasons. And I don't blame them. Getting up to speed is a, a better recipe for election success than pretending it's 1950, my opinion.